Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be talking about a sedan. Ooh, yay, a sedan, not some stupid SUV. We're going to be talking about the 2021 Kia K5, or what is also known as the Optima. And I just want to say right off the bat, this is probably one of Kia's most interesting looking models we've had in a long time. Maybe outside of the Stinger. But it's going to get all-wheel drive and a high-performance GT model with 286 horsepower. Also known as a V6 all-wheel drive Chrysler 200C. (laughs) Anyway though, let's get into the article. Kia introduced the 2021 K5 Optima in South Korea last month, and now the company has revealed specifications for the redesigned sedan. Starting under the hood, the K5 will be offered with an assortment of SmartStream petrol engines. SmartStream? SmartStream. That, that sounds like another streaming service. <laughs> Gotta get that intelligent streaming service. In North America and South Korea, there will be a turbocharged 1.6-liter four-cylinder engine that produces 178 horsepower and 195 pound-feet of torque. In certain markets, Kia will offer two two 2-liter engines, including one with multi-point injection that develops 150 horsepower and 142 pound-feet of torque. The other 2-liter engine has continuously variable valve lift technology. Sounds like the, uh, what was... In the Nissans and Infinities now, the variable compression turbo engines. It kind of sounds a little like that. But anyway, though, it'll produce 158 horsepower and 150 and 145 pound-feet of torque. Okay, so 8 more horsepower and 3 more pound-feet of torque. That's kind of disappointing, actually. A larger 2.5-liter GDI engine will also be available, and it is rated at 191 horsepower and 181 pound-feet of torque. The big news for North America is the K5 GT, which has a turbocharged 2.5 liter engine with 286 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. The engine will be paired to an 8-speed dual-clutch transmission, which will enable the sedan to accelerate from 0 to 60 in approximately 6.6 seconds. Not the fastest we've ever seen, but not bad. Brisk enough. The the other engines will be paired to either a 6 or 8-speed automatic gearbox. The company also confirmed plans for hybrid powertrain options, but they didn't go into specifics. If the K5 GT wasn't exciting enough, Kia also confirmed there will be a new all-wheel drive system. The company didn't say much about it, but the system will shift power to the rear axle based on driver inputs and road conditions. If we're not getting a drift button, then I don't want it. On the styling front, the K5 has a sporty exterior that was developed by studios in North America, Europe, and South Korea. The front end is notably more aggressive as it features a tiger nose grille, tiger nose grille that spans nearly the entire width of the vehicle. It is flanked by new LED headlights that have heart <laughs> heartbeat daytime running lights. I mean, it kind of looks like a heartbeat, yeah, but I mean... A, a, a simpler way of saying it is that it has zigzag daytime running lights. The sporty styling continues further back as the K5 has a rakish windscreen, a sloping roof, and a dynamic greenhouse that produces a lean forward stance when viewed from the side. 
That sounds eerily similar to the cab forward design that Chrysler was talking about in the 90s with the Stratus and the Cirrus. Outback, there's a dual exhaust system, a sportier rear bumper, and an integrated spoiler. The model also has a rear LED light bar and an assortment of wheels ranging in sizes from 16 to 18 inches. The K5 GT has an even more aggressive design to match its powerful engine. Among the changes are sportier bumpers and larger 19-inch alloy wheels. The 2021 K5 is longer, lower, and wider than its predecessor, as the model measures 191.3 inches long, 73.2 inches wide, and 56.9 inches tall. The wheelbase also grew by 1.9 inches to 112.2 inches. Moving into the cabin, drivers will find an all-new cockpit with higher quality materials and modern technology. In higher-end variants, drivers will sit behind a flat-bottom steering wheel and find themselves looking at a 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster. To their right is a windscreen infotainment system which measures up to 10.25 inches. And if you're wondering, it is horizontally oriented and it doesn't stick on top of the dash! Thank you, Kia, for having some proper sense. Other highlights include an 8-inch heads-up display, a 12-speaker Bose audio system, and a mood lighting system that emits ambient light from the door panels and dashboard. The K5 also has a wood trim, metallic accent, and voice recognition technology. Speaking of tech, the K5 offers a host of driver assistance systems. They include forward collision avoidance assist, blind spot collision avoidance assist, and blind spot view monitor with surround view. So is that, is that a fancy way of saying it has 360 degree view cameras? In which case, why not just say that? The model also has smart cruise control, driver attention warning, and highway driving assist. Rounding out the highlights are rear cross traffic collision avoidance assist. Why can't they just say rear cross path detection? <laughs> why can't they just make it more concise and say that? Anyway, and a rear view monitor with reverse parking collision avoidance assist. If that wasn't impressive enough, the K5 has a level 2 semi-autonomous driving system and remote smart parking assist. The latter allows users to autonomously move their vehicles forwards and backwards using the key fob. Kia says the system will help drivers get into or out of tight parking spots. The redesigned K5 will go on sale in many markets during the first half of 2020 and will likely learn more details in the coming months. So let's talk about the exterior design of the new Kia, shall we? When I first saw it, I was not a fan at all. I thought the front end was very, <laughs> was very, very strange. And to be fair, I do still think it is really rather odd. It's not my favorite design to come from Kia in a while. Really, it's not my not a design I'm that fond of full stop. However, it is very, very, very distinctive. And that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing, especially for Kia. You weren't, if you see a K5 or an Optima in your rear view mirror, you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna mistake it for anything else. It's pretty obvious that it's unique in a very, in some ways in a good way and in others in a not so good way. But even the side profile, the kind of silhouette of the car, now to be fair, that's not as unique. That's pretty standard sedan these days. But it's not a bad looking car. It actually reminds me a lot of like a Honda, not the inside. What's the, what's their hydrogen? Imagine like the Honda FCV. 
it kind of makes me think of that. So it's a, it looks a little bit bigger than an Accord. It's definitely uh, it's and it's also a little bit less sedan and more of a fastback in its roofline. The trunk is is less distinguished. You know the Hyundai i30 N fastback, or is it the N? I, either way, the Hyundai i30 fastback. That's that's kind of what that looks like from the side, in its profile, which is in my mind good a good thing. That's not bad at all. And it would seem, judging from what I judging from what I'm assuming is a shut line, the tr the trunk opening or the tailgate opening should be pretty big too. Nope. Okay, that's not a that's not a shut line. That's the trim. But yeah, you know this looks very for an Optima. This looks surprisingly upscale. It looks surprisingly more luxurious, and that's quite surprising because they have the K900, and I think they have no Kia does not have one. I thought Kia had one more luxury or pseudo luxury car, but still, the K5 or the Optima is getting up there. Is definitely getting up there in terms of I don't want to say prestige, but it looks. Ooh, in that blue, it looks kind of sporty, but it looks very upmarket. Certainly more so than the old Optima. And the old Optima didn't look bad, but this new Optima, this not only looks like a quality product, but looks like, looks almost like it could be a luxury car. Like it's, it's one trim level, it's one Vignale trim level away from being a low level luxury car on the outside. Let's move on to the interior though, because that's, that's kind of, I think, outside of just overall reliability, where Kia has really been making some strides recently. This is a very nice interior. I like it. And once again, just looking at this interior, it really looks like Kia is trying to go for a more luxurious motif with their design. Now, obviously, with the Soul, that's probably not the case. That's more of a fun-loving, mini kind of, kind of feel. But the K5, I don't know why I prefer saying K5 to Optima, but... This Optima, man, the wood paneling on the door panels and above the vents but below the touchscreen, kind of, kind of in like the belly line of the dash, or <laughs> like stretch line of the dash. Still, it looks very, very good, very, very luxurious and very, very much like a quality product. The only thing I think I'm not liking that much is it seems they've fallen into the very BMW trap of putting a lot of buttons everywhere and just scattering them. Because I'm looking at the lower center console here where the gear selector is and you have you have a park button, you have a, a release button I think, you have another button below that, like below where the cup holders are and you got a dial and I don't even know what that does. And, I think the heated steering wheel button is there. The problem to me is that it's just, there's too many buttons on the lower center console. Now they have a rotary dial shifter so they can afford to have that many buttons there. But the, I guess what I'm saying is that the, the height of the dash is so compressed that they, unless they were gonna sacrifice space where your sunglasses would go, your, not, not where your driver's re registration would go, but maybe, batteries you know something kind of in front of the gear selector but below in the in the optima anywhere where they have some hvac functions unless you're going to put more buttons there kind of in the dash structure unless you're going to sacrifice space there there's no other place to put buttons i guess outside of putting more of that functionality except for the handbrake inside the infotainment and so overall i just 
I just don't like it. There's just a lot going on in that area. I'd imagine that once you get the car and actually get into it, it's all fairly easy to understand and easy to get used to eventually. I just don't like the look of it because it seems it seems fairly cluttered. But what is interesting is that it does seem to be geared towards the driver a little bit. So it's all open on the driver's side. So that's why I say it, it might not be that hard to actually get come to terms with and get to grips with because it all seems to be fairly openly laid out, even if it's kind of cluttered. It's not... It's not convoluted. It's cluttered, but you don't have to dig through a bunch of tiny little buttons. They seem visually to make some form of sense. But apparently they have a they have a mood light behind it looks it looks red. I don't know if that's the light or if that's some accent stitching or something, but to the right of the more horizontally oriented touch screen or infotainment screen, there is a light. And just to put into perspective just to put into perspective what the touchscreen actually looks like, think of a, a, a fairly wide Mazda unit that's in line with the gauge cluster, and so not its own separate thing and not higher up on the dash. And that's pretty much what you have here in the K5. But like I was saying, the height of the overall, the height of the dash seems to be fairly short. It's not, it's not a tall dash whatsoever, and that's not aided by the fact that the touchscreen doesn't stick up on top of the dash, which, hey, thank God for that because I hate it. But again... It seems just a little bit compressed, so things are a little bit small. Like, again, the HVAC functions sit below the horizontally-oriented vents, and below that is just a cubby area for, again, sunglasses, celery, whatever you want to put down there. And I just have to wonder, how easy is that going to be? Is that How easy can that be seen from a, from a normal, average driving position? I'd imagine the screen resolution isn't small and that the brightness is, is pretty bright, but again, it just seems very, very compressed to me. Overall, though, I like it. It's not, the thing is, it's not Swedish simplistic, but it's very kind of to the point, very buttoned up, which is very nice and very, I'd say very becoming of modern Kia. It's a very, very smart design, even if it's, even if it kind of has some tendencies, maybe not tendencies, but it, it seems a little bit like a cabin of someone who overthinks a little bit, especially down down in where the gear selector is. But a very smart and buttoned-up interior, it still is. What about the gauge cluster? Gauge cluster looks very... The thing is, it's just a screen, unfortunately, and that makes me sad, but the graphics on it look very... They remind me a lot of Rolls-Royce, actually. The, the gauge design that they decided to go with is surprisingly... Rolls-Royce, Rolls-Royce-ish, bit of a mouthful there, but it looks very, it looks like a clock face, and that's what's really, really interesting about it, is that it looks like a clock face. Oh, apparently they have a heads-up display, too. That heads-up display looks small. It's, it's not unlike the one that you'd see on old, you know, like a C, I think a C6 Corvette ZR1, or maybe, I think they have them in C7s, they should have them in C8s, but it, it, it does look a little small. But then again, I'd imagine if it was any bigger, it would it would just impede your vision. So I suppose that's a good thing. The seats look pretty good. They look pretty comfortable and very well made. Seems like they have a lot of adjustability too. Or at the very least, well, they have a fair bit of adjustability, but more so they're, it's electronically controlled. So you don't have to get a lever to move that stuff, which is a nice touch. Ooh, so there's a, let's call it a command center on top on on the roof you know just behind the windshield and that looks they i don't know why they took a picture of it that's what i'm looking at right now 
it looks fairly, I guess, kind of standard, but not poorly made. Oh, apparently they have a, a analog gauge cluster design as well. The interesting thing about that is it looks fairly normal, fairly bland, if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. And they have a more normal gear selector. And it's, it's like a T-handle. I wonder why they did... I wonder why they decided, yeah, we should not only have a rotary shifter, but we should have a sportier T-handle. But I guess that's for the, G, the GT, so... Makes sense. Heated and cooled seats in the front. It looks like only heated seats in the back. Touchscreen is wide. Not very tall, though. I wonder if it would be easy to read. It looks like it would be small. Especially from a driving position and the buttons that kind of flank the sides. Because they have normal rotary dials for, you know, seeking on a, on a... It would seem that they have buttons for seeking on the radio and then for volume. But then they have these really flat piano black buttons that are... Camera buffs will know this. There's a there's a bar on, old, on Canon R5s. And I don't remember what it does, but it's a touch bar. So you... You slide your thumb from left to right, and you can change like your you can change your exposure, your your aperture. You can change you can set it to do a lot of things, and it has a the K5 has a button like that. It's not a sliding button, but it's in that shape, although a lot thinner. And I just don't. Who's gonna be able to press that? It's probably not gonna be that hard, but like, would you be able to press that with gloves on all that easily? That seems like it would also be a smudge magnet. More importantly, I can imagine your finger just slipping off pretty easily. That that's a bit unfortunate to me. It saves space, and it's not. It doesn't seem to be a massive area. So hey, they might have needed to, but that's unfortunate to me. Oh, and they have a smaller version. Oh my lord! So they have the bigger version, the ten point twenty five inch screen, and then they have what looks to be a four inch screen. I kid you not. This screen. Looks like it came it came out of a car from 2010. It's low resolution. It's painfully simple graphics, and it's tiny. You'd probably it looks like it would be a wristwatch. It's not circular. It's it's a square screen, but it looks like it could be a, a wristwatch, or or a a remote like a massive key fob. That is terrible. It looks like a tiny phone. It's about, it looks like it's about the size of a, of a fairly large flip phone. That's how tiny the screen is. I don't think that's going to be easy to see on the road. That's, that's bad. That's pretty, that's pretty poor. Moving on though, that is not the only piece of news that we have because there are a few more articles out there. 2021 Kia K5 Optima or also known as Optima, reportedly not coming to Europe thanks to SUVs. The all-new 2021 Kia K5, known as the Optima in North America and Europe, will be sold in fewer markets compared to its predecessor. While nothing is confirmed yet, the Korean car blog reports that European customers will miss out on the midsize sedan. In an interview he gave to the website, Kia Motor... Kia Motors Europe COO Emilio Herrera said the Korean carmaker won't bring the all-new Optima to Europe. At this time, we have currently no plans to launch the new Optima slash K5 in Europe, Herrera told the website, without elaborating. This comes not long after Kia quietly pulled the Optima out of the UK market without saying anything about a successor. 
It's not hard to guess why Kia would make such a decision in a market where SUV sales see massive increases sorry, see massive increases every year, and the market share of big sedans is only a fraction of what it was 10 years ago. According to data from Jado Dynamics, mid-sized passenger car sales only made up 6.2% of total European Union registrations in the first 10 months of this year. In comparison, SUVs topped EU registrations during the same period with a share of 40.1%. Also, let's not forget that the Kia Optima is a relative newcomer in the European mid-size sedan market, which is dominated by models like the VW Passat, Skoda Superb, Opel slash Vauxhall Insignia, and the good old trusty Ford Mondeo. For those European consumers who are still buying mid-sized sedans and wagons, missing out on the all-new 2021 Kia K5 Optima is obviously bad news. That's because the fifth-generation Optima promises to be a massive improvement in all areas, excluding design-wise. And that is a big ripperoni pepperoni to European consumers. But wait, there's more. We have two more articles to go through before we are completely done with the K5. 2021 Kia Optima set to be renamed the K5 and will offer all-wheel drive in the U.S. Kia looks poised to kill off the current Optima nameplate in the United States and rebadge the new model as the 2021 Kia K5, the same name it uses in Korea. When select members of the motoring press sampled the new Kia K5 in Korea last year, the car manufacturer hinted that it could drop the Optima, bre the Optima badge stateside. While searching through the EPA's fuel economy website, Motortrend recently discovered the 2021 Optima has been listed as the K5, seemingly confirming the name change. For the record, we reached out to Kia for a comment, but they haven't responded yet. Just a single model is listed on the EPA website. It mentions a 1.6-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine that's mated to an 8-speed automatic transmission, driving all four wheels. While the website doesn't provide any specifics about how powerful this engine will be in the K5, this same engine is rated at 180 horsepower and 191 pound-feet of torque in the existing Hyundai Sonata sister car. Fuel economy figures reveal the 2021 Kia K5 is rated at 26 mpg in the city, 34 mpg on the highway, and 29 mpg combined. While no other engines are listed by the EPA, we do know that the K5 is available with a host of different powertrains, depending on the market. In certain countries, it is sold with two 2-liter two engines, the first of which delivers 150 horsepower and 142 pound-feet of torque, while the second is rated at a pretty much meaningless 158 horsepower and 145 pound-feet of torque. There is also, however, this is the interesting part, there is also a 2.5-liter GDI engine on offer with 191 horsepower and 181 pound-feet of torque. Sitting atop the North American range is expected to be a Kia G sorry, a K5 GT model that uses a 2.5 liter turbocharged engine good for 286 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. It remains unclear when this variant could launch. And lastly, 2021 Kia K5 officially revealed for the US market as the Optia's Optias? <laughs> Optima's much more attractive replacement. Kia has finally revealed the new 2021 Kia K5 midsize sedan. Kia K5. The 2021 K5 midsize sedan for the North American market as the replacement of the Optima. 
With the new car featuring a much sharper visual presence thanks to the company's new design language, the new Kia K5 is based upon the new N3 platform, which also underpins the Hyundai Sonata, making it longer by 2 inches, wider by an inch, and lower by 0.8 inches. The wheelbase is also stretched by 1.8 inches. Speaking of the design though, the more aggressive proportions of the 2021 K5 are now backed up by Kia's bold new design direction, making the new mid-size model one of the most striking sedans to look at. The front end is dominated by the new by the new version of the brand's so-called tighter face, which includes a wide and thin front grille that extends into the headlights and the hood. There are plenty of design details to go through here though. The slim headlights feature a pair of heartbeat daytime running lights, the roofline gets a chrome trim piece, while the rear glass features a gloss black applique to enhance the fastback shape, despite being essentially a sedan. Customers in the US will be initially offered a choice between four trim levels, LX, LXS, GT Line, and EX, followed by the addition of the range-topping GT variant later down the line. Moving on to the engines though. The base version of the 2021 K5 will be using the turbocharged 1.6 liter four-cylinder engine with 180 horsepower and 195 pound-feet of torque paired to a new eight-speed automatic transmission. Kia will also make this powertrain optionally available with an all-wheel drive system in late 2020 for the very first time in the model's history. The range-topping Kia K5 GT model will be powered by a turbocharged 2.5-liter four-cylinder engine, as expected, producing 290 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. This engine will be bolted to an in-house developed 8-speed dual-clutch automatic transmission, allowing the K5 to complete the 0-60 run in 5.8 seconds. The interior follows suit with the latest tech features, including wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, a first for a Kia. A choice between 8 and 10.25 inch touchscreen display for infotainment system, with navigation and with real-time traffic data, UVO telematics, and natural voice recognition, as well as a faster wireless charging system for keeping your smartphone's battery topped up. All trim levels will also come with improved sound deadening materials and an acoustic laminated windscreen for a quieter, more comfortable cabin. Other smart features include remote engine start and climate, a sound of nature ambient system designed to create a peaceful retreat inside the new Kia K5 with six calming themes, as well as an active sound design system that provides a dynamic auditory experience by enhancing the sound of engine acceleration and gear shifts. The active safety equipment list is pretty long as well, featuring everything from forward collision avoidance assist and lane following assist as standard to rear cross traffic collision avoidance assist, mouthful, navigation-based smart cruise control curve, and highway driving assist as options. The new K5 will reach Kia showrooms across the USA this summer in LX, LXS, GT Line, and EX with the 1.6 liter turbocharged engine and the more potent 2 liter Turbo GT version to follow later in the fall. Anyway though, let me know what you all think of the new Kia K5. You know, I really didn't like it when I first saw it, but I'm kind of warming up to it. And hey, it might look a lot better in the flesh too. And the interior, whoo, it's not perfect, but mm, that is a tasty little interior. Anyway, if you're listening, listening on Podbean or Spotify, please like the episode, share the episode, follow the podcast, and if you can, comment. If you're listening on YouTube, like, comment, share, and subscribe. 
hitting the little notification bell. That way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well then, hey, boot up Spotify before you go. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I hope you all enjoyed. I'll see you next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.